Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. Aren't you glad you get to do church in the evening? That's so cool. Us out at Ipswich haven't gone to our uh, evening services yet, but we will. Uh, Before I start, I wanted just to honour Pastor Tim and Pastor Wendy. Can we give them a hand? They're just doing so amazing out here. These guys are just awesome. Um, Yeah, there's so much on your life. And I know for myself and Pastor Kate, we're just so encouraged coming out here and seeing this, seeing you guys, seeing such an awesome worship team with the beautiful drama in the back. Where's the drummer at? They were crushing it tonight. Come on. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You are beautiful in Jesus' name. So good. So good. Well, we are in the season of faith, love, and hope. And tonight I wanted to talk about why that is important. What's really important about that? And I've been dabbling around this whole thought of creating legacy, building something that's going to outlast our lifetime. I think this is very important. We need to build things that are going to outlast who we are as people, things for our kids, things for our grandkids, all the married people in the room that haven't got kids yet. This might be a word for you. (laughs) Things Things that are going to outlast who we are. I've been, I've been dabbling with this um, recently, and so I wanted to title my message, Honey, What Are We Going to Tell the Kids? <laughs> I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, Honey, what are we going to tell the kids? <laughs> Come on now. Honey, what are we going to tell the kids? What are we going to tell them? I'm a strong believer in the victories that we have today are going to bless the next generation. I believe that. And I want to challenge us today in that. Um, We read the the story of Moses leading the the Israelites out of Israel. Oh, sorry, out of Egypt. (laughs) The Israelites out of Egypt. Um, And I can't help but start thinking, the first generation that was stuck in Egypt probably thought, man, we're going to get out. We're going to start, we're, 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 we're slaves for this, this period now, but we're, we're going to get out eventually. And they sort, of, they, they sort of would work, they would work, and they're trying to see how they're going to get out, but they never do get out. These guys were stuck in Egypt for 400 years as slaves. So I can imagine it got to, to the second generation, they're like, you know, my parents would tell me stories of freedom, but I've never seen that. I mean, I can try to imagine, I could try to wrap my head around that. Maybe one day we can get free, but I don't, I'm, I'm not going to get my hopes too high. And then it got to like the third generation. Now, these guys were really good at being slaves. <laughs> they actually saw if I was... If I just went a bit lower and said, yes, boss, no, boss, I wouldn't get whipped as much. So they're like, what are you guys dreaming about being free for? What are you dreaming about all that stuff for? How about you learn how to be a better slave? And then we would have gotten to the fourth generation. 
And these guys, I can even imagine, would have all these systems and structures set up and, and ways of like little boot camps to become better slaves, <laughs> teaching each other, how can we be better slaves? All they knew were tales of slavery. All these Israelites knew were tales of slavery. So it's no surprise to me that God would use a man that only knew tales of victory. He had to use an Israelite that wasn't raised as a slave, <laughs> but was raised as an emperor. <laughs> I want to challenge us this evening. <laughs> what tales are we going to tell our kids? What things are we fighting for? I can see this being so present in our modern day. I mean, I just think how easy it is to, to have frustrations, hurts and disappointments, to, 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 to go to work and get fired, and then to, to start getting around other people that got fired, and start getting a little bit angry at the, the people that are firing us, to get frustrated with our boss and start going, oh man, those bosses out there, am I right? <laughs> and start getting grumpy. And then go and talk to our kids and go, hey, you know, you can't trust bosses. They're always trying to bully you. Oh, you know, those guys, they're always trying to take your money. Take what you can when you can and run. What are we telling our kids? Honey, what are we going to tell the kids? I find it so interesting because kids see what you do, not what you say. <laughs> We can talk great about things, but what are we doing around our kids? What are we sharing? What are, what are our actions in these things? What do we do when we're, when we're thinking no one's looking? <laughs> what are we going to tell the kids? That's why I believe God used Moses. He had new tales. He had a palace mindset. Can I encourage you guys tonight? Would we renew our minds? Would we renew our minds to have palace mindsets, not slave mindsets? We are more than conquerors in Christ. We are not victims. We are victorious in Christ Jesus. I believe that's a word tonight. Romans 12, verse 2. Romans 12, verse 2. Oh, I love this scripture. This is, oh, whew. I was actually at a, at a camp where the man himself, Pastor Dave McDonald, preached on this scripture and it hit me right in the spirit. Anyways, do not conform to, this, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. I would even go so far to say, don't conform to the patterns that you're used to. Don't get stuck. Some of us, we can even sit here, we're like, man, I used to be a slave and then I, then I, got, then I got saved. I came to City Point West, Pastor Tim preached the message. He said, who wants to give their life? And I threw my hand up and got saved. Some of us might be there, but now what? <laughs> Can I tell you, we're actually called to walk as believers, walk by faith, walk with a renewed mind, walk 
and continue to transform our minds from what we're used to. I find it fascinating that the, the, the Israelites finally got out of Egypt, right? And then they got into the wilderness. They're like, man, we're finally free from that slavery. I don't think we could do it, but we're here now. But then they started missing slavery. <laughs> they got out, <laughs> but they didn't change their mind. <laughs> Sometimes you can get out physically, but your mind's still back there. <laughs> you see this with a lot of these rappers nowadays. They get out of poverty, but their mind never leaves the poverty. <laughs> The way they use their money, they don't use it like someone of wealth. They use it of someone of poverty. They didn't renew their mind. These guys got into the wilderness and they're like, oh man, at least back there we had food. Oh, at least back when I was sleeping around, I didn't feel so lonely. At least back when I was on drugs, I could have a good night's sleep. At least back, man, back then I was so cool. I was the, I don't know, the bell of the ball. I was so hip. <laughs> Back there, I'm really white. I'm sorry. <laughs> Back over there, right? We can get, I, I've been guilty of this. We need to renew our mind. When we get free, there's still a bit of a journey to get to the promised land. We need to keep moving. We need to keep going. We need to not stop. When we get a new level of breakthrough, we need to pray, Lord, would you renew my mind? God, would you give me a palace mindset? We are more than conquerors. We are not victims. Because that victimhood would try to creep back in. Would try to creep back in. I'm amazed that an entire nation died in the wilderness because they couldn't renew their mind. They had slavery in their minds. What are we going to tell the kids? <laughs> I want to challenge you guys this evening. I wrote a few down. Hey, mum and dad didn't have the best hands dealt to them, but we decided to be the difference. <laughs> hey, our family was full of alcoholism, but then I decided no more. I decided no more. <laughs> our family has never had faith, and it was hard at first, but I held on, and it changed our inheritance. It changed our inheritance. <laughs> Come on. We've always had gambling in our family, but mum and dad decided to say no. No. Our family always had issues with greed. So mum and dad broke that in our generosity. <laughs> Honey, what are we going to tell the kids? And can I encourage you, you don't have to be biological parents to, to, to father people or to mother people. I see a few different generations in the room. I encourage you, go find someone and start sharing tales of, of freedom and, and, and conquering. Start sharing some things that you learned in the palace. <laughs> start sharing it. I love that we got guys like youth leaders. Come on, all the youth leaders. We've got kids leaders. I love that. These guys have gone, you know what? I don't necessarily have biological kids, but I'm going I'm to father some people. I'm going to get some more people out of that. I'm going to get some people out of Egypt. Honey, what are we going to tell the kids? <laughs> Point two, victory isn't easy. I love the story of Jacob wrestling with a man. I love this story. 
I love this story. I, I'm the youngest of three brothers. So any wrestling stories, I am for it. I believe that I won very few times against my two older brothers, but in my heart, I'm, a, I'm more than a conqueror <laughs> in Christ. Um, but Genesis 32, verse 24 through to 30. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. It was put out of place. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked, what is your name? Jacob, he said. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Penel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life is spared. Now the name Jacob means supplanter. And he was named Jacob because his brother actually came out first. His brother Esau came out first out of the womb, but Jacob went past him. He supplanted him. He went past him, right? So he called him supplanter. Israel means one that wrestles with God, but Israel is also the name of an entire nation. So this wrestling match was more than just who can tap out first. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's more than just who, who can I put in a headlock. and It was more than that. He was wrestling for his kids. He was wrestling for his kids' kids. His kids' 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 kids. <laughs> he was wrestling for an entire nation. Right? Because before he was wrestling for his own to get for himself, the supplanter, I want an inheritance. He moved from there to wrestling, saying, hey, I will not let you go, go until you bless me. I'll not let you go until you make me a father of a nation. I'll not let you go until, I mean, the very nation of Israel was identified by this very moment. <laughs> the people that wrestle with God. Think about that. What if an entire nation was defined about your encounters with God? Not right now, but, but down the track. What if an entire nation was defined by your victories? Oh, I remember Granddad. He was the one that, that wrestled with God. He came to church. He was, he was messed up. He had all sorts of things going on. But man, God hit him. He stuck around. I knew of people that would come to church and manifest every week for months until God blessed them. I know of people that had drug addictions for months and months and months and they would not let God go until He blessed them. What's crazy about this story is God actually touched His side, put it out of joint. Now your hip is very important when you're wrestling. So that would have been excruciating. It would have been so painful. Breakthrough is hard. Sometimes we'll have every excuse under the sun not to get that breakthrough. Oh, Rudolph, you don't know what I've been through. Rudolph, you don't know who my parents are. 
Ruf, you don't know what they've done to me. Ruf, you weren't there when, when I was in that place. You didn't, you didn't see my mental health a year ago. You're right, I didn't. And I'm sure it was very, very real. I'm sure it was very real. But so was Jacob's hip. So was Jacob's hip. Things will come against us and things will tempt us to have excuses not to have breakthrough. But your breakthrough will bless entire generations after you. Even the faith, love, hope season. That generosity moment. I find it funny that people go, Lord, have my whole life. You ask for 10%. Hold on now. This is too much. Slow down. I don't know. I'm just checking out church. <laughs> Lord, you can have my everything. 10%. Whoa. I still got to get the new shoes. I still got that date coming up. I still want to go traveling. <laughs> Whatever you want. I find that so interesting. In this faith, love, hope season, what, what's, what's stopping you from going, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you with a little more this time. Lord, I'm going to put my faith in you. Where, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Can I ask you guys to just step out this season? Allow God to challenge you. Allow God to challenge you. This is so good. Is this good? So good. The victories we have will bless our kids and their kids. Which brings me to point three. And this is the story of David and Goliath. 1 Samuel 17, verse 8 through to 11. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. There's this giant that's yelling out threats to Israel. Who can take me? No man can stand before me. And he's mouthing off to all the Israelites. And I find this fascinating because for 40 days this went on. It says in the Scriptures, for 40 days this guy's yelling at an entire army. And not a single man would take on this giant. Not a single man could face this giant. In an entire army. <laughs> but the story doesn't end there, does it? <laughs> In comes this little kid just dropping off some food to the boys. <laughs> right? Dropping off some lunch, some snags, whatever they were having back in the day. He's just dropping off some, some cheese and some, I don't know, bunning snack. I, I just think of bunning snags when I think of this story. In comes this kid and he's hearing this guy mouthing off. And he's just kind of, I could just see him just like, what did he say? What did he just say to us? What did he just say about God? Do we not serve the living God? What did that addiction say? 
What did fatherlessness say to the armies of the living God? Right? So he comes up to him, 1 Samuel 17, verse 45 through to 47. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day... I'll give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and He will give all of you into our hands. (laughs) Oh, oh, this little kid. comes in with a renewed mind. With a renewed mind, he comes in. How dare this man insult the armies of the living God? How dare these things? How dare victimhood insult the armies of the living God? This day, the army will know that God saves, (laughs) that God still heals, (laughs) that God still brings deliverance. This day. Then we find ourselves in 2 Samuel 21, verse 15 through 22. Now, this is actually a whole generation later where David is actually an old man. Once again, there was a battle between the Philistines and Israel. David went down with his men to fight against the Philistines and he became exhausted. He fought and he got tired. And Ishbenob, <laughs> is there any Ishbenobs in the room? Okay. Not tonight. Um, One of the descendants of Rapha, whose bronze spearhead weighed 300 shekels and who was armed with a new sword, said he would kill David. Now, this man was a giant in the battlefield. If you track the lineage, he was part of the whole Goliath deal. (laughs) He said he'll kill David. But Abishai, son of Zeruah, came to David's rescue. He struck the Philistine down and killed him. Then David's men swore to him, saying, Never again will you go out with us to battle, so that the lamp of Israel will not be extinguished. In the course of time, there was another battle with the Philistines at Gob. At that time, sorry, I'm not going to butcher these names, killed Saph, one of the descendants of Rapha, another giant. In another battle with the Philistines at Gob, Elana, son of Jah, the Bethlehemite, killed the brother of Goliath the Gittite, whose spear, oh, who had a spear with the shaft like a weaver's rod. A big spear. <laughs> another giant. In still another battle, which took place at Gath, there was a huge man with six fingers. On each hand, six toes on each foot, 24 in all. (laughs) He also was a descendant from Rapha, another giant. When he taunted Israel, Jonathan, son of Shemur, David's brother, killed him. This is so interesting. Because within one generation, picture this, right? Picture this, stick with me here. Within one generation... 
One being the army, not a single man could take on a giant. In an entire army, not a single man could take on a giant. To within one generation, there's an entire, I mean, everyone's a giant slayer all of a sudden. You get to slay a giant. You get to, look under your seats, you get to slay a giant. They just start slaying giants like it's nothing. Like it's just part of the story. Like it was always going to happen. Oh, there's another giant. Let's just kill him like David did. <laughs> what? <laughs> Within one generation. Why? <laughs> because they had renewed minds. Because this little boy, I can imagine, because what's interesting is a lot of these giant slayers were somewhat related to David. <laughs> so I can imagine there was guys in the, in the battle that were there that came home and said, you guys won't believe what I just witnessed at work. I saw someone preach the gospel in their workplace. I didn't even know you could do that. I saw this little boy pick up a few stones and kill the giant that not a single man in the army could slay. What? And I can imagine their kids being like, you can do that. And they started meditating on that. Oh, you can actually slay giants. Oh, you can actually... Wait, demons are real? <laughs> and you can cast them out? Wait, 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 wait. Whoa. You're telling me that someone was suicidal, came to church, someone laid their hands on them once, and they got set free in Jesus' name. And within one generation, those victories start coming. Oh, did you know that kids can slay giants? Did you know that kids can prophesy? Did you know that demons can come out of people? Did you know that we have the authority to tell mountains to move? We have that. Can I encourage you today? The victories you have today can bless nations, can renew people's minds, can stir faith, can move people to breakthrough. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of new to the faith, to be honest with you. I've only been saved for about five, six years. But I started hearing stories of the COC movement. I started hearing stories. Wait, you're telling me a bunch of people got together, prayed, and then just went out, <laughs> planting churches, <laughs> Healing the sick, cleansing the lepers. I mean, I heard stories of people raising the dead, blind eyes healed. And I started getting that in my spirit. I started going, man, I want to do that. I mean, I read what happens in Acts and I'm like, man, I want to see that. In my generation, why are we speaking in past tense? Can we speak in present tense a little bit? And if the band wants to come up, I, I want to do some ministry in a moment. I'm believing God. God wants to touch some people here tonight. I'm believing God's stirring some guys. Man, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm feeling the anointing in the room. God is good. I'll finish with this. I actually brought a bit of a prop for everyone tonight here. I, um, I brought my Bible, my first Bible. And it looks like a pretty ordinary Bible. There's a few tabs in there, and I've scribbled all in there. And This is actually the Bible I got saved with. 
Now, this Bible is actually the Bible that, that when I started reading it, I was surprised that the, the Bible's in English. <laughs> I was surprised by that. I can understand. It makes sense to me. It came alive to me. This Bible, this one right here. You know, and, and what's interesting about this Bible is I carry this Bible with me into a lot of different places. This actual Bible was the one that I got to baptize my dad with. This one. This Bible. <laughs> this one right here. This Bible is actually the Bible that, that I got to... That's a, that I got to see tons of people, thousands of, not thousands, tons of people. I didn't count them, to be honest. I don't want to preach any false, false things up here. I, I got to see a lot of people encounter Jesus while I had this Bible. I got to go overseas into max security prisons with this Bible and preach the gospel to hardened criminals Drug dealers, gangsters, rapists, murderers. I got to preach the gospel and see countless prisoners saved with this Bible. I got to see blind eyes healed with this Bible. I got to, I got to go around and preach in several churches and see demons come out of people while holding this Bible. I got to see, I went to a youth camp where a grade seven kid came up to me. He said, I want tongues. Give me tongues. I said, okay. Lord, you know, my first response was, it's not that easy, actually. <laughs> but I was like, Lord, he wants tongues. I saw a grade seven kid at a school camp break out in tongues, having this Bible with me. Now, the interesting thing about this Bible Right at the front, it says to, presented to, by, and it's blank. No one's presented me this Bible. The reason why it's blank is because I want to, one day, go to my son and go, son, this is what I fought for with God. This is why I, I went to God and said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless our generation. Here you go. Not, not, not as an example. Oh, wow, Dad's so great and Dad's so... No, but as a foundation. Son, when I was around, no one was slaying giants. I want you to go make it an everyday thing. Son, when I was around, people took a while to break addictions. I want you to go and make it an everyday thing. Honey, what are we going to tell the kids? Today, can I challenge you? I want to pray for some guys this, this evening. But even as we start moving into ministry, I want to challenge you. What are you, you going to tell your kids? What are you fighting for today? What victories? What things can you present? Hey, run. Take and run, run further than your dad ever did. Run further. I want to see my grandkids cast demons out in prep school. Why not? I want to see my grandkids just move in and out of the spirit like that. Oh yeah, you got this, you got that, you got that. Because your granddad never had that. 
What are we going to tell the kids? Could we all stand? If something in this, before I start calling things out, if something in this message really resonated with you, and you're like, man, I need some prayer for some breakthrough, I'd love for you to come down the front. I'd love for you just to move out of your seat and just come. Don't, don't wait for people. Don't wait for guys. I always like to make the, um, the altar open before we get into it. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.